Welcome to the Wisdom of the Womb podcast, your home for mind, body, and soul wellness for women. My name is Stephanie Adler. I'm a certified nutrition consultant, birth doula, and women's hormone and fertility expert. I've supported hundreds of women in having healthy cycles, healthy babies, and building a balanced foundation in their bodies and minds to set them up for a limitless life. Now it's your turn. I believe a woman reaches her full potential when she trusts the innate wisdom of her body and that those women change the world. So if you're wanting to achieve hormone harmony, have boundless energy, optimize your fertility, live a holistically healthy life, and learn how to love and trust your body to become the well woman you know you are meant to be, you're in the right place. Join me for weekly wisdom on topics such as holistic hormone and gut health, fertility, mindfulness, birth, pregnancy, and beyond, and leave with actionable steps towards well womanhood. Thanks for pressing play today. I'm so excited for the magic we're going to create together. Let's dive in. Hi, lovelies. Today on the pod, we are jumping into part two of our sexual health series. If you haven't listened to last week's episode, part one of our sexual health series, it's not a prerequisite for today, but I think it is an amazing episode and will be really helpful to anyone who wants to enhance their sex life. Last week, we spoke about how to turn up your sex drive and increase your pleasure. Hello, more orgasms by cycle informing your sex life. I, I know deeply, I know that if more women knew the ins and outs of that information, we'd all be walking around with a little more pep in our steps. So whether you listen to it after you listen to this episode, or you go back and listen to it now, I really recommend you do so to make sure that you are optimizing your sex life today. We are going to be troubleshooting issues with libido and desire. So if cycle syncing your sex life and taking those golden nuggets of information that I shared last week and applying them still isn't enough to get you out of the sexual slump that you are feeling, then today we're going to be talking about like what might be going on and why, plus a little bit of what to do about it. With that in mind, I have to say that this is not medical advice. If you suspect that you have a hormone imbalance, you should work with a practitioner to navigate and figure out what's going on in your specific body. I will also say that most practitioners, unfortunately, even endocrinologists, suck, (laughs) kind of suck at navigating hormones for women. And that's where practitioners like me can be super useful. However, in this podcast, I am obviously not able to make and give personalized guidance for you and your body. So this information should not be taken as advice and rather information to empower you to take responsibility for your own health and seek help. Should you feel like you need it in a more personalized way? If you do want an opportunity to get more personalized guidance from me, the only way to do that over the next six plus months is going to be inside the Well Woman Collective. It is my signature program that has become a movement truly, and it is going to be officially open for enrollment this month. On the day this podcast comes out, you still have time to get on the wait list for access to bonuses and discounts. Since 2020, this program has taken over 85 women to places that were previously a dream for them in regards to the way they feel. When you are a well woman, you walk through the world with so much more confidence and 
reassurance. And inside the Well Woman Collective, we give you the tools and information you need to become the expert of your own body. And we do so in a community of like-minded ladies because it does take a village and sisterhood is so valuable on any healing experience. Inside the Well Woman Collective, you will reconnect or discover what it means for you to live in your feminine flow. Life changes for the better when you are a well woman. Sex as a well woman is more electric and connected. Periods are a spiritual and beautiful experience as a well woman. Eating is a source of joy and nourishment as a well woman. Pregnancy is a completely elevated experience as you're walking through it as a well woman. And it impacts every area of our lives as women in the modern world when we are truly and holistically well. If 2023 is your year to up-level your wellness and join a movement of well women, I'd love to see you inside the collective. There are two group coaching calls a month with me. And yes, I will be coaching these calls personally during my maternity leave. No other program is getting my attention during my maternity leave. And this is where you will have an opportunity to ask me truly anything that you need to be able to experience your you know, optimize your experience as a woman. If you're struggling with fertility, if you have PCOS and want regular cycles, if you've been desperately curious about getting off of birth control, but are scared to do so. If you've tried every probiotic or supplement that is trending, but you're still super bloated and have heavy or painful periods, you name it, this program supports it through the eight month comprehensive curriculum that includes workshops on just about every wellness area you can imagine needing designed in a way that walks you through the changes you'll be making at a healthy, sustainable pace, plus time and attention from me every month to get clarity on what's right for you. The link is in the show notes to get on the wait list and to join us inside the collective. So Now that I'm all hyped up, (laughs) let's get back to today's show. So is your libido MIA or not as strong as it used to be? You might be thinking something under the hood is just not working right. Well, today you can call me the sex mechanic because I'm going to be sharing with you the most common reasons I see women struggling with their sex drives. The first one comes down to depletion a few different kinds of depletion. And then we'll, after that, talk about some of the common hormone imbalances that can interfere with sex drive. And after that, we'll move into more of the energetics that I commonly see coming up that block sexual energy. So starting with depletion, number one, When I say depletion in this sense, I'm specifically speaking to either vitamin or mineral depletion, so nutrient depletion, or depleted adrenals. Now, I see nutrient and adrenal depletion commonly with two populations. Of course, there are exceptions to this, but I most frequently see this with moms and with more type A career-oriented women who tend to wear stress like a badge. So let's speak to moms first. I especially see this in moms who've either had several kids back to back or moms who haven't been really intentional with nutrient density following pregnancy because pregnancy depletes you of a lot of your stores of vitamins and minerals, a lot of your reserves of those nutrients. And then you go through a big event like 
birth and follow that up with several months of un, you know, of interrupted sleep, which requires you to need even more nutrients from your food. And then if you're breastfeeding, you're continuously giving away those reserves. Side note, did you know that a nursing mom needs upwards of 3000 calories a day to support her her body during that time. And so many moms are trying to bounce back and start dieting early. And then they end up depleting themselves even more. Also, if you're not yet a mom or like, it's something that you desire in your future. I hope that you're listening to this because knowing this in advance can help you really set yourself up for success to not be depleted during this life phase. So, you know, this depletion can even be more common in mamas who've had a history of plant-based eating either before or during pregnancy. And while there's a totally intentional way to build up these nutrient reserves, most modern women are not in the know with what you really need to do in order to do that, right? Like foods like liver and ghee and, um, you know, raw, dairy and collagen rich broths and seaweed or lightly cooked egg yolks are not on the average American, not even on the average healthy American table every day. And so often postpartum moms, you know, turn this time period, this postpartum period for moms turns into like survival mode and, you know, intentionality around, eating and nutrition is either forgotten or just not even known about. And so if you add in that the expected time for a woman to replace her and replenish her nutrient stores before getting pregnant again is two years between pregnancies, not babies, but two years between pregnancies, It means we have a lot of mamas walking around today that are just going back to back without proper replenishment of their nutrient stores. And that's just looking at their nutrients. Adrenals are very sensitive for women. And the lack of sleep and the stress that moms with littles are often putting on themselves or having put on them by society creates even more depletion. And so, you know, it's just a, it's a perfect storm and childbearing specifically requires adrenal strength, i.e. adrenaline to birth a baby, right? It's a big event. So if a woman's body does not have enough adrenal reserves to birth a baby, then it will turn off libido. It's basically saying now is not an ideal time to make a baby. So Nutrition and this nutrition depletion and this adrenal depletion are so deeply linked to lack of libido. If your body doesn't have enough nutrients stored up to support a pregnancy and it doesn't have enough adrenal reserves stored up to support a pregnancy, it's less likely to make you horny, right? Because again, our bodies are just very primal in nature. And we're very much designed to work with the system of I'm horny so that I reproduce, even if that's not exactly where we are in our life. So we can really start to see how this nutritional depletion, this adrenal depletion really can be affecting moms. 
As I mentioned in other populations, I see this frequently, are women who are very ambitious and career-focused, which oftentimes is coming at the cost of their well-being. Again, it doesn't have to, but a lot of times I do see it playing out this way. And it's well known that stress impacts the libido, but like, what is what is it really doing? Like, what is stress really doing that makes us not want to have sex? Well, it's draining our adrenal reserves, probably because they're too busy pumping out stress hormones to keep you working 60 hour weeks, you know? And when those stress hormones are working and those adrenal adrenal glands are working on overtime, they get tired. And then they can't show up for you when you want them to on date night that you've so sacredly reserved on your calendar. Plus you're probably, if you're in this category, doing some high intensity exercise really regularly, which is putting an added strain on these sensitive adrenal glands. And often these same women are also nutrient deficient because meal prep isn't happening in an intentional way. There's a lot of takeout, a lot of missed meals. I love to talk about uh, the four levels of eating. This is something I focus on with all of my well women and actually our first module of eating for health. And there are multiple levels of eating, right? We eat for pleasure. We eat for energy. We eat for recovery and we eat for health. And so often women in this category are eating for energy right? They're just like eating to keep themselves going. And a lot of times when we're eating for energy, we're really missing the nutrient mark. So if you suspect that you are in one of these categories, there are a few things that you can do. The first one is to work with a practitioner like me and do a hair mineral analysis test. This can be an amazing tool to identify which minerals i.e. nutrients, you're low in and start to balance out some deficiencies that will likely be linked to low libido or sexual loss of function or desire. The second thing you can do is eat a nutrient-dense animal-based diet with lots of healthy fats that were raised in a way that you can get those fat-soluble nutrients in. So eat lots of dark leafy greens and colorful vegetables to get more nourishment into your cells. Absolutely. But also eating nutrient dense red meat, organ meats, things like that. Make sure the third thing you can do is make sure that your gut health is in order. So you can actually absorb the nutrients that you're eating more of now. So often I will see women who are just eating a very nutrient dense diet, but they're not absorbing a lot of those nutrients because they have leaky gut or their gut bacteria just like isn't working for them. So you really want to make sure your gut health is in order so that you can absorb the nutrients that you're working so hard to eat. The fourth thing you can do is work on stress management and then also improving your sleep hygiene, going to bed for those adrenal and hormone hours is going to go a long way to making your adrenals feel safe again, to help with your sex drive. So that's really falling asleep by 10 PM, ideally most nights. The sixth thing that you can do is stop intermittent fasting. If you're doing that, please stop. If you were intermittent fasting and you do not have a sex drive, just stop. (laughs) It is not ideal for most women of childbearing age, especially in most parts of their cycle. There are some little exceptions to this, but if you are listening to this podcast, because you are worried that your libido isn't as strong as it used to be, just stop intermittent fasting. The next thing you can do is keep exercise intensity low and limit workouts to 30 minutes if your adrenals are drained. 
So if you're not feeling energized after a workout, then like it might be time to cut back on how intense that workout is and what, like how long you're spending in in terms of exercising. And the last thing I'll suggest is you can consider using adaptogenic herbs to support your adrenals as well. Um, by the way, giving guidance on herbs and personalized supplements on adrenal health is something we create space for and provide insight for inside the well woman collective. Um, and you know, we support women who may be in any of these categories inside this container. So, um, another reason, if you were feeling like you were resonating with this to join us inside the collective. Now, the next second category, right, <laughs> of, so we first talked about nutrient depletion and adrenal depletion. Now supporting women who might have hormone balance or like what's going on with your libido is it maybe something from hormonal reasons. So hormones it is possible like that it is likely and common that hormones being out of whack can contribute to your lack of libido. I'm going to speak to some of the hormone imbalances that I most commonly see interfering with sex drive. Um, this is not fully comprehensive. Like there could be other hormone imbalances, but these are like the most common ones. And you will probably find yourself in one of these categories if it is being driven by a hormone imbalance. So the first one is low testosterone or low DHEA. DHEA is the precursor to testosterone. And if you listen to part one of this series, you'll know that around ovulation, women get an extra surge of testosterone, which can really turn up the horniness factor for them. And I hate to reinforce stereotypes, but men are often the sex that is associated with wanting sex all the time. And that's because their primary sex hormone there was a lot of sex in that sentence <laughs> because their primary sex hormone is testosterone. So low testosterone is common, but doesn't have to be the case with aging women as they begin to approach menopause. And um, we do have an epidemic in the Western world of women entering perimenopause and menopause early, which is perhaps why you could be in your mid to late thirties and really feeling the effects of those changing hormones. Other reasons also just to note that, you know, a lot of times when women are going into early menopause or experiencing perimenopause early, this is something that we can reverse. And I've seen so many women, you know, come into my programs who are early forties, late thirties, having really irregular cycles and kind of starting to have those going into menopause signs. And once they go through the program, they go on to have healthy, normal cycles for you know, months and months at this point, we're at two, almost three years, like to come with some of them. Right. And so we can really start to reverse that. If that is something that you're feeling for yourself, other common reasons of low testosterone or low DHEA is under eating or vitamin and mineral deficiencies. Again, connecting to the nutrient deficiencies and feeling depleted in nutrients. I see that commonly like can, that compare with 
low DHEA or testosterone. Additionally, hormonal birth control lowers women's testosterone and it increases sex hormone binding globulin, also known as SHBG, which binds to androgens, which are male hormones like testosterone. And that process of having sex hormone binding globulin be high can continue after you get off your hormonal birth control. Another quick thing to note about hormonal birth control is that studies have shown it can shrink the size of the clitoris, often making sex less less pleasurable. And birth control also interferes with nutrient absorption. I don't know why that word is hard for me today. Absorption. And since it interferes with nutrient absorption, it can, we can see women being in category one nutrient depletion as well. In addition to it, then contributing to hormone imbalance, everything is connected in the body ladies. So high stress levels, in addition to all of these other fun factors can also contribute to low DHEA and testosterone. And I've seen this show up on Dutch tests for so many women in their thirties who don't fit the bill for any of the above. They are still having regular cycles. They are not under eating, but they have internal and external stressors that are impacting their hormones. And it's important to remember that not all stress comes from a full inbox or drama in a friend group chat. It comes from, you know, it can also, I mean, sometimes it can come from that, but also it can come from internal sources like having a yeast overgrowth in your gut or having leaky gut or having an injury. These things cause internal stress in the body can really start to influence hormones. And one also thing to note is that medications can also cause low DHEA or low testosterone. So it's always wise to check if you are on a prescription uh, that might be lowering your DHEA or testosterone. As always with hormone imbalances, testing is great because sometimes things can present one way, but actually be showing up a different way in the body, especially if you're not a trained practitioner. And sadly, blood work kind of sucks as a method for testing hormones. In my opinion, urine is the best way. And the Dutch test is the gold standard for this. This is something I do offer to my clients. And if you do the Well Woman Collective with the VIP upgrade, you'll be able to do two functional lab tests during that program. The Dutch could be one of them. The hair mineral analysis test could be another lots of fun options there. Some signs that you might have low testosterone, um, even without getting, you know, blood work, but like, if you're suspicious of any of these things, you might, you know, fall in this category could be that you have difficulty orgasming. If you're feeling fatigued, having a lack of motivation throughout the day, not being able to build muscle, uh, having anxiety, depression, obviously having a, sa- a lack of sex drive or a loss of sexual fantasies, etc. And if you strongly feel that low testosterone is what's interfering with your sex drive, or you've had it tested again, not medical advice. There are a few things that you can do on your own pretty safely. So the first one is really work on balancing your blood sugar. We have a podcast on this. So if you are interested in knowing more about how you balance your blood sugar, I recommend checking out that podcast. The podcast is about weight loss, but it's really about balancing your blood sugar, et cetera. So definitely check that one out. 
the second thing that you can do is lift weights and work out more. This starts to build up the testosterone in your body. You can also eat more fat, work on your sleep hygiene and orgasm more. It really is the gift that keeps giving. Now, the next hormone imbalance that can cause a low sex drive is by having high prolactin. Prolactin is actually the breastfeeding hormone and it's made in the pituitary gland. And this imbalance can be common with moms who are breastfeeding. Obviously it's the breastfeeding uh, hormone. And in that case, it's not really viewed as an imbalance, but could be a hormonal contributor of why you're not feeling turned on regularly. Otherwise, if you are not breastfeeding reasons that we see this hormone being elevated can be a prolactinoma, which is a tumor on the pituitary. It's usually non-cancerous and can be treated with medications. I've actually had three clients with this, so it does happen. Um, and usually is like I said, easy to fix, but can be kind of scary, you know, when you find that out, but if you come back with high prolactin levels, it is something to explore. Other causes of high prolactin that are sometimes associated, um, is it sometimes associated with medications for blood pressure, depression, other mental health meds, heartburn meds, et cetera. So always a good idea to look at any uh, over-the-counter or prescription medications that you might be taking if you are in this category. Diet, under eating, and vitamin deficiencies can also cause high prolactin. Are you starting to see how these things are all connected? <laughs> Vitamin deficiencies in your diet can increase prolactin, which then can cause you to not feel horny. And it can also cause you to not feel horny because you don't have enough nutrients. We can kind of see how it's coming from all these different areas, right? We also know that PCOS is associated with high prolactin, though we're not a hundred percent sure which is the chicken and which is the egg in this scenario. So it's more of a association rather than a, you know, causing thyroid imbalances though, can also increase prolactin. So stress over-exercise, poor sleep habits can also increase prolactin. We really you know, can see how prolactin can be impacted by a lot of these different factors. Prolactin is tested well by the blood and it's easy to get tested. You can go in and ask any doctor to test your prolactin and Vitex, which is a widely used herb for hormone health and has been for thousands of years, works in part by lowering prolactin, which can interfere with ovulation. Makes sense. It's the breastfeeding hormone, right? Like most women don't start uh, ovulating when they're exclusively breastfeeding. Um, but it's not wise to use Vitex chastry is what another name of it for it. Unless you have more information about what's going on in your body or working with someone who can provide that kind of insight and guidance. We're going to look at two other hormones, uh, cortisol and estrogen. Both of these hormones are a bit like Goldilocks when it comes to sex drive not too much, not too little. We want them just right. Both high and low, low cortisol, cortisol being the stress hormone can cause a lack of libido. This is connected to the adrenals because cortisol is made in the adrenals too much in the, you know, in the body, it's not going to prioritize having sex because it's in a constant state of fight or flight right? So if you have too much cortisol running through your body, your body is always in a state of 
needing to respond to this stressor, which it feels is existential. It is not going to think reproduction is wise and it's not going to prioritize giving you all those fun feelings because it thinks that you were in a fight or flight mode. Too little cortisol comes back to not having enough of that reserve to not be able to prioritize childbearing, which requires sex and our bodies again are super primal. So it would make sense that if we have too low cortisol, the body's like, well, this chick isn't going to be prime candidate to carry baby to full term. And then maybe have a 48 hour labor and push her out. Like we need some serious reserves for that. So they're also not going to prioritize stress. So we really want cortisol to be in that just right range. Estrogen, similarly, high or low estrogen can interfere with the delicate reproductive health balance that drives sex drive in circle certain cycle phases. Again, go back and listen to last week's episode if you want to know more about that. When I think about estrogen, she is the... She's personified for me as your fun aunt estrogen. Okay. And when she's in balance, she is flirty and fun and wears just the right amount of cheetah print. And y'all go out and men are buying you drinks all night. When she's too extra, fun aunt estrogen turns into crazy aunt estrogen and gets put in a cab halfway through Thanksgiving dinner. And no one is turned on by that side of her right? And if she's your absent am estrogen and just isn't there where there's not enough of her, she just kind of isn't showing up for you. Obviously this is the most scientific way (laughs) I could explain estrogen, but I really think it helps us understand how estrogen interplays with your sex life. I commonly see women of all ages in both the either too much or too little estrogen category especially when it's in relation to progesterone, which is the other side of the estrogen balance coin, but that's going to be a podcast episode for a different time. But you can kind of start to see like when estrogen is like in balance, she's that funny on estrogen. You're feeling fun, flirty at the right time of your cycle. You're she's working with your body to give you extra cervical mucus to give you like all the things. But when she's absent and estrogen, she's just like not there enough for you to even be turned on. And when she's crazy and estrogen and you have too much of her and she's like gone too far at the bar, like that's not sexy either. So when some common signs of too much estrogen are puffiness, this is too much puffiness, bloating, mood swings, irritability, heavy, painful periods, weight gain or stubbornness, especially like stubbornness to lose weight, especially in your hips, butt and thighs, having migraines or headaches, brain frog, crying over nothing, acne before you bleed and a low libido. And some signs of too little estrogen are short periods that are under three days, feeling depressed, anxious, or lethargic night, having night sweats or hot flashes, bladder infections, or urinary leakage, sleeping poorly, waking up a lot at night, having your breasts shrink or droop, um, having achy joints or low libido, And vaginal dryness can come along with low estrogen, which can cause pain with intercourse. Um, And then also having dry skin can be associated with low estrogen. And you'll see how some of these hormonal imbalance symptoms like start to cross over with each other. And I'm not going to go into recommendations here because 
I too often see women self-identifying with the wrong estrogen type for themselves. And so I really do encourage you to look deeper, get tested or work with someone or maybe join Whole Woman Collective. If you suspect you're in one of these categories, because, uh, you know, like hormones, there's a lot that we can do really safely without having all of that information. But if you're really starting to feel like, Hey, I think I might be in one of those categories. It can be really wise to seek the help of someone who's an expert in that so that you can then learn how to become the own ex your own expert in that as well. Um, all right. So now we've covered the most common causes of libido that stem from an imbalance in the body. And I want to move on to some of the other reasons that you might not be feeling the spark. So from a hormone perspective, we've got that low testosterone or low DHEA. We have high prolactin. We also see high or low cortisol or high or low estrogen. All of these can be caused by nutrient deficiencies or depleted adrenals, which was the first main out of balance in the body markers that I see causing low libido. But what about the things that are not purely physical? And, you know, many of these reasons that I'm going to be looking at now, which are a little bit more spiritual, emotional, circumstantial, some of them can be systemic and some of them are, are going to be a little bit more circumstantial, but they're really important to this conversation. And I think that we can't talk about interference with libido and desire and pleasure without including some of the less physical, but just as equally important spiritual, emotional elements. So the first one is having an emotional or a spiritual block to the sexual side of you. And this, this common cause of a low libido and maybe because you experienced a sexual trauma, whether that trauma was macro or micro, um, or maybe sex was something that you deemed as bad for you in er an earlier part of life through education that either you learned or absorbed, or maybe you're not comfortable in your body for reasons related to your weight or how uh, you perceive that others see you. There's a lot of reasons why women block off their sexual center in today's world. And anyone who is struggling with libido should do a look inside and see if there is a reason why there might be an emotional or a spiritual block. Some of these reasons are easier to resolve than others. And this will depend on the person quite a bit. You know, for example, if body image is a block for you, then Perhaps mirror work and affirmations are going to be an accessible and amazing tool for you to use to get to a place where you can accept and then eventually love your body and yourself and feel really turned on by yourself. That's going to be a big deal with this work, right? And it's also something that you might be able to really easily access by yourself and work on alone or in, you know, community. However, if you experience a trauma, like you may want to work with a trained professional and or do different kinds of healing modalities to release. So there are a few different ways that these emotional or spiritual blocks to the sexual side of you might be 
playing out. And it's really important to look because a lot of times we're not connecting the dots with like, oh, that's connected to this, or um, maybe we've even repressed some of that trauma. So if you are really struggling with your sex drive, it's, it's worth a look into. Another really common reason I see is basically getting into a rut. (laughs) And what I mean by this is like your libido is like a sourdough starter. Okay. And if you don't feed it, it dies. Well, maybe not dies, but goes dormant until you start feeding it enough to come back to life. I also have to admit, I've never made sourdough. I know it's so off-brand for me. Um, but what I know about it, I believe this sourdough starter analogy makes sense and is true. And anyone who knows otherwise, please let me know. But for now, we're going to go with this analogy. You have to feed the libido. You got to feed the starter. You got to feed the sourdough starter or it dies. And so when was the last time that you sought out something sexy? Maybe a book, by the way, if you're looking, try the Sarah J. Mass, uh, Crescent City or Court of Thorns, (laughs) a Court of Thorns series. But like, when was the last time you sought out a sexy book or a sexy movie or some literotica? If you don't know what that is, put that in Google. (laughs) When was the last time you put on lingerie? Use it or lose it, baby. A beautiful reminder that this can be a partnered practice or not. You do not need a partner to feed your libido starter. Okay. You do not need a partner to feed your libido, but bringing in sexual health and desire is a big part of getting it back. You can't expect it to come and only find you. You have to go out and seek it. And there's something very powerful about sex that has to do with momentum. I hear this a lot from clients where it's like, okay, once we start getting in like a rhythm of it, it comes better. It's like, you know, the more you do it, the more you want to do it. So if you are feeling like you've been in a sexual rut, whether or not you also have hormone imbalances, whether or not you're cycle syncing it, whether or not you are adrenally depleted, use it or lose it, bring in some sexual inspiration and let that feed that starter and get you going more. Another block to desire and libido that I commonly see um, is having unresolved issues in a current or a past partnership. If you're feeling shadowy in any area of a partnership, it can be really challenging to want to feed that libido or get turned on by your partner when you're secretly thinking about how long it would take you to suffocate them in your sleep, right? Like (laughs) in their sleep, not your sleep, but like, it's really hard if, especially as women to disconnect when it comes to sex and issues inside a relationship. Um, and anyways, that was a little bit intense about the (laughs) suffocating someone while they're sleeping, but you know what I mean? Like, it doesn't even have to be that bad, but not feeling seen or understood the way you desire to in your relationship is really going to impact the way you feel when it comes to getting intimate with that person. And with that, it must be said and loudly for the women in the back, you cannot try to improve your libido simply because you want to be a better wife or because you feel bad for your boyfriends or because you know that your partner wants you to. It has to be because you want a better sex life. I see so many women doing this work, 
because they know what's important to their partner. And while that's sweet, that you want to give them love in this way, it will not work if it's for someone else. It has to be because you desire it. And sometimes it can be hard to desire it if you have any of the above working against you. Any of the hormone imbalances, any of the nutrient depletions, any of the sexual traumas or blocks or lack of, you know, feeding your libido and being in a rut, but connecting with your divine feminine and getting clear on what you want when it comes to pleasure, desire, sex, et cetera, is going to be your path through your hormones being balanced will help a lot. Having nourished, nourished adrenals and a full nutrient reserve is going to go a long way. Having a lively libido sourdough starter will get things moving, clearing trauma, learning to love your body, cycle informing your sex life will all get you most of the way there, but you have to take it home from a desire to want to feel the fullness of your sexual expression for you and not for anyone else. And of course, to then get to share that with someone or someones who enhance that experience and bring you even deeper feelings of connection, love, or just play is great, but it can't only be for someone else. And that is what I'm going to leave you with. That is, that is it for today, folks. As a reminder, if you are enjoying this podcast, please, pretty, pretty, please screenshot it and share it on your socials and, or leave us a review or a rating on Apple podcasts or on Spotify. It will mean the world to me to, and really help go and get this knowledge into the hands of more women so that we can heal womankind together. Check out our show notes for ways to dive deeper and connect. And I will see you with a special episode next week. Thanks everyone.